Welcome to the business and financial advice show, Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. Brought to you by Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy. Your very own group of professional peers offering instant tips, training, and business networking. Learn how to have more time and increase your income by joining Mega today. And now, here's your host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, where we talk with business owners about subjects that help business owners grow and run their companies more effectively and efficiently. Today, we're talking with Tom Sylvester, who is a co-founder of Lifestyle Builders, a coaching and training company that helps entrepreneurs build their businesses to create more impact with their customers and more freedom in their lives. Over the past 15 years, Tom has helped thousands of business leaders and their teams create more success from Fortune 500 companies to startups. During this time, Tom has honed and refined his philosophies, his models, and strategies for growing entrepreneurial businesses. Tom and his wife, Ariana, share their philosophies and guidance for entrepreneurs on their Lifestyle Builders podcast. Their upcoming book, Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Put Your Job, and Create Your Ideal Life, as well as through their coaching and consulting programs. Welcome so much, Tom. I'm glad to have you on board with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking to you because you said some magic words there a minute ago that I, I geek out to, and that is processes and strategies. So let's begin by talking a little bit about what those are, what that means, and why people shouldn't run around holding their ears closed when they hear those words. Yeah, you know, so um, what we often find, especially when people are struggling, is that they don't have those two things. And when we talk about strategy, what we're looking at is really getting clear. So it's looking at the big picture of where is it that we want to go, and how do we plan on getting there? So I often use the example of a GPS, right? So when you're looking at your GPS, you have a destination, which is where you want to go. So you want to figure that out. You have your starting point, which is where you're at today. And then you're going to build a roadmap of how you plan on getting there. And so when I look at strategy, I, I often, you know, attribute it to the same type of thing. And then your processes are going to be the consistent things that you're going to do to move down that roadmap and move towards your destination. And oftentimes when people are struggling, they either don't have clarity on the destination and the roadmap of how they plan to get there, or they don't have their processes consistent, defined, and documented so that every time they're trying to do work or do something, they're doing it differently. You know, imagine if every time you got in your car, you drove differently, like the gas was in a different place. It's a very chaotic situation. So I focusing on first strategy and defining where you want to go and then having the processes to support you to get there, it makes the trip a lot easier. Absolutely. And I, I say that to my clients all the time, but when I try to explain it, 
it's interesting and I don't know my clients and are usually really small startups and they're running around in circles because they're trying to do everything they're trying to you know to run the business they're trying to make money they they oftentimes you know have another job they have a family they have all these things and you talk to them about creating these processes and strategies and they go oh that's just one more thing i have to do you know and and it makes it they think it sounds really difficult and they don't realize that if they take the time and effort to create these processes and strategies that that actually is going to relieve them from a lot of the pressures what do you think about that <laughs> absolutely you know and so there's a couple key things you hit on there one there's a timing for when you should really start focusing on process and strategy and for most people, it's not really early on when you get started because you want to, there's a, a really good quote out there that there's nothing um, more worthless or more useless than doing something efficiently that should not be done at all. And that's a totally uh, butchered quote by Peter Drucker. But what a lot of people do is they actually try to create processes too soon. And what you first want to do is to make sure that whatever you're doing is effective. And what that means is that it's getting the right stuff done. And the first time you do this, it's going to be very inefficient. You're going to have extra steps. You're going to not do it the right way. Maybe you're doing it out of order. But the most important thing is that you get the right thing done. So early on, don't worry about putting processes together. Focus on what the core things are that you need to achieve. And then focus on whatever it requires to get those done. Now, once you are doing the right things, then what you can start doing is saying, how do I start making this more efficient, right? And this is where processes come in. And to not get too overwhelmed, what I always recommend people do is you should have a weekly meeting in your business. And part of that weekly meeting should be reflecting on the last week. Ask yourself, what went well? Let's acknowledge those wins, right? Because especially early on, we need those wins. And then also ask, what, what, what challenges came up? You know, what caused me a headache? And from that, take the number one challenge that came up and commit an hour in the upcoming week to putting a process in place or improving the process so that you don't run into that challenge or it's not as impactful. And going forward, if you're doing this process every week, now suddenly every week you're making an improvement on the thing that's causing you the biggest frustration. And over the course of a year, you've now created or improved 52 processes. Yeah, I can give you an example of exactly what you're talking about for, uh, I've been in business for many, many, many years. And for a lot of those years, I was in a brick and mortar and I rented office space to businesses. I, you know, we answered their phones. I had 10 employees working for me. It, it was a, it was a big deal. Totally different than what I'm doing now, but still doing a lot of the same kinds of things. And I had a credit card system. And every day people would come in and pay me for things with their credit card. Well, then when I changed my business structure and went to doing this, I wasn't making the same money. I wasn't doing the same sort of things. And I didn't have the large number of credit cards coming in. And I thought, this is crazy to pay this huge, big monthly fee to, you know, to, to have a credit card system. And so I went to PayPal 
And I have clients who now pay me on a monthly basis, but it goes through PayPal. And it would be like, I would have to send them an invoice every single month. And then they, I would have to sit and wait for them to decide they wanted to pay me. Good clients, not saying they were, you know, but it was when they got around to paying me instead of me getting paid on the first of the month when I shouldn't. So I had to finally, once it got too big a deal for me to sit back and wait, I had to create a process in which I didn't have to do that anymore. And all it really took was calling PayPal and saying, look, what can I do? Now I've got a recurring payment set up. So the beginning of the month or whatever day I say, PayPal just goes into their account and takes the money and I don't have to worry about it. It was really one of the biggest reliefs of my business life doing it this way, but I wouldn't have known or wanted it early on. I was going to say that that's a great example because you, you found a pain, you identified what the problem was. You weren't getting paid and you were probably spending extra time having to chase clients around the resolution was you didn't want to do that anymore. You started looking for solutions. You did the investigation with PayPal. You ended up switching so that it was automatic debit. And now you're not having to do that. That's yeah. beautiful. And how much stress just that one process improvement made, how much yeah. time it probably saved you, like so many wins there. It, yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And, and another thing that I've done personally for my business is with setting up the speaker system for this podcast. How do I go about vetting the speakers, you know, and how do I get you to sign up on my calendar? And that took a long time to really figure that out. But we'd been doing the podcast for about a year when I finally said, nah, this isn't working anymore. I got to figure out a better way to do it. And so my, my assistant and I sat down, put our heads together, and after a series of trials and errors, we finally got something that I think, think works really well for both our side and for our potential speaker side. And so I, I want people to realize, I think, that yes, I agree with you that you don't need to start it in the beginning of your business, but when you get to a certain point, but that it may not be simple to actually create this, but if you can hold tight and work through it, it's going to be amazing in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, and you know, I love what you said there. You didn't put that process in place until a year in. And what, what a lot of people will do is they think they need uh, tools and systems and processes and all this stuff at the beginning. And what we always tell people is like, look, we want the least complex thing that we can to get the job done. So people laugh like we, some of our best tools are whiteboards and sheets of paper. You know, we do so much of our planning on that. And especially early on, you want to keep things as simple as possible because as your business grows, it's going to get more complex. And what we're always trying to do is battle the complexity and simplify it. So when I have somebody start a process, the way we start it is this. Uh, I ask you, what's the trigger? What's going to kick this process off? You know, it might be an email coming in. It might be the first of the month, whatever that is. And then I say, what's the end result? How do we know the process is done or complete? You know, and it might be a bills paid or whatever else. And then I ask people to define what are the three to five major steps that are required to go from the trigger to the end result? 
And so we can usually do this in about five minutes. And what this does is give somebody the high level construct for their process. And then you can start breaking step one down into sub steps. And then what, what doing this allows you to do is when you want to make an improvement, you don't have to feel like you've got to do the whole process. Your first step of like the podcast might be just getting someone to register. So now if you want to improve that, it might be instead of you having to email them back and forth, now you put a submission form up where you're collecting the information you need, right? So the whole process doesn't have to be improved, but by improving that first step, you're incrementally making it a little bit better. And then once that step's good, you confirm it. Now you move on to the next step. And that's how we consistently improve these processes. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Let me ask you about one type of process that I hear an awful lot about these days. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should jump in and do it too. And I'm, I just, I've, I've got this thing in my stomach that says, you know, not yet, not yet. You're not, you, you're not ready for that yet. You don't need that. And that's create the creation of bots. What do you know and think about bots? So whenever bots or any sort of technology come up, I try to step away from the technology and I try to look at the underlying process and what we're trying to achieve, you know, because what, what I find so many businesses and so many people do is they start really at the end. So they start with the technology and they're like, I'm going to go buy this or I'm going to go implement this. And then they try to work backwards and they say, well, now that I have the technology, what, let me put a process in place for that. And then they, they may or may not ever get back to this, but then we move back and say, well, what's the strategy or what's the objective I'm trying to achieve by buying or using this? So in that example, what I would do is I would actually start the other way. I would say, what is it we're trying to achieve? So for example, we might want to increase our conversion rates on part of our sales process. So if that's the goal, now we look at, well, what's a process to do that or why aren't our conversion rates as high as we want them to be right now. So we analyze the current process and we might say, you know what, our, our hypothesis is that the conversion rates aren't as high because our primary marketing method is email and our open rates on email aren't as high. Okay, so now we ask, well, why is that? You know, is it that our headlines aren't good? Is it that we haven't called the list? Or is it that people aren't opening email as much anymore? So if we get to the point where we say our hypothesis is people aren't opening emails much anymore, now we start looking for solutions. And if we look around and say, well, people aren't opening emails, so what are they opening? Well, they're opening their messengers. Okay, so what if we take our same nurturing process and instead of just having an email, switch it over to a messenger bot? Because all a bot really is, is supporting and nurturing that person through their journey. So now we can say, okay, our hypothesis is our current open rates, our current conversion rates are X. We're going to test this for a week or two weeks by putting it in a bot. And then we're going to compare and see if we got the results that we were looking for. And then based on that, we'll decide what our next step is. So I really like messenger bots. What I think happens is that a lot of people just go and implement a bot without really understanding their customers. And as a result, they're not as effective. Um, people start hating them because they're bothering them rather than supporting them on their journey on whatever they're trying to achieve. You're listening to the Business and Financial Advice Show. Don't wait till pigs fly with your host, Nancy Becker. There's lots more to come. 
Nancy and her guest will be right back. What does business success look like to you? What does business success feel like to you? What stands between you and that feeling? Business success is all about momentum. Mega, the monthly entrepreneur growth academy will help you focus on the right things and start building that momentum. The Mega Group is a network of dedicated professionals. They provide focused training and excellent support as only a personal advisory group can. Learn tips, strategies, and valuable insights to unleash your productivity. Isn't it time to stop spinning your wheels? Go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com and join the mega group today. Do you feel frustrated, disconnected, or unfulfilled in your relationship? If you said yes, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Anza Goodbar, intimacy coach and sex educator. Nearly 70% of all couples in the U.S. claim to be dissatisfied with their relationship. But the good news is, you don't have to be. If you're ready to open your heart to feel more connected to life, yourself, and your partner, join me and five couples at the Intrinsically Intimate Couples Retreat in Barbados. You can find out more details at www.anzagoodbar.com backslash retreats. They're big, they're shy, they're invisible, and they fly. They're always late, they never arrive. Don't wait till pigs fly. Get your business momentum in action. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. I see oftentimes there are all these people out there that are selling different technologies. And oh, you know, if you've got an email list, you have to go with Infusionsoft, which is now Keep, which is, you know, this and that. Yep. And it's like way expensive to use <laughs> Infusionsoft. And, you know, a lot of these people don't need that at this Absolutely. point time but they're they're sold they want their business to grow they they you know they feel like they've got to do something to get more people out there and this process this you know this thing is out there and it guarantees them that they're going to grow their business so they go out and they spend all this money and yep. then they first don't know how to use it don't get a lot of support on showing them how to use it and then it just gets thrown in a corner and doesn't do any good because it's not being used. Yep. You know, I, I think you're exactly on point when you say we have to figure this out first. But that's something that you do for your clients, right? Absolutely. So when we start working with entrepreneurs, business owners, or people that want to become them, one of the first things we do is we just do an audit. You know, we do an audit on their personal life, their finances, their time, where does it go? We do an audit on their business. Um, you know, what's working, what's not? Uh, where, what are their expenses? What are their incomes? What's working, what's not? So we just want to get a kind of a lay of the land. And then one of the big things we do is this 90 day planning process. And what you were talking about with that tool popping up and people thinking they need it, you know, entrepreneurs are especially prone to the shiny object or the squirrel syndrome where we see something and we think that's the key. Yeah. I mean, we all do it, right? <laughs> and, and so we go and buy it 
And then what does that do? Well, it takes money. It also then takes time and it takes focus. So there's always an opportunity cost to whatever we do. So every shiny object we get pulled into takes our resources away from something else. So what we like to do when we're helping people plan is we'll start off with like, all right, well, how much revenue do you want to make in the next 90 days? Right? So once we get that number, then we say, okay, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So how are we going to make that hundred thousand dollars? What products or services are you offering in order to do that? So, you know, hopefully if you're a small business, you only have like one major product. You know, if you're doing um, services, if you're doing uh, products or a brick and mortar, you maybe have more. But so you want to kind of break that down. Like we have a wine and liquor store. So we would break that down by category, liquor and wine, and then maybe accessories. So now we say out of that hundred thousand, how much is going to be each category or each product? Well, let's just say it's 50, 50. So now we say, okay, in order to sell 50,000 in wine in the next 90 days, how many does that mean uh, a month? How many does that mean a week? And how many does that mean a day? So now we have very clear targets of what we need to do each day in order to work up to that goal. And now what we say is looking at what we currently have in our business, do we have everything we need in order to make that happen? And if the answer is no, then we say, okay, what projects do we got to do in order to do that? Well, maybe we've got to um, do this new uh, marketing method, right? To get into a new channel. Um, maybe we've got to do something else. So then we say, okay, what, what's in the way? What's going to prevent us from doing that? And maybe we don't know how to do, maybe we decide we're going to implement messenger bots, right? So now we say, well, what education or technology do we need to do that? Do we have it? And if we don't know how to do it, now we say, okay, well, we need education for how to use messenger bots. And then we need potentially a technology to implement it. So now going through that process, if Infusionsoft comes up and says, hey, we got this great deal. I've got my blinders on because I'm like, I'm not even worried about email marketing. That's not one of my projects. But now something comes up with messenger bots. I'm like, I'm going to go and explore that because that is directly in line with what I need to implement this project and to achieve my goal. So the biggest thing we recommend for people is first audit and cut away the stuff you don't need and then really do this planning so that you can have blinders on and the only things you're focusing on are the things that are directly going to contribute to your goals. Absolutely. What are the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they, um, when they want to grow their business? Uh, usually it's focusing on the wrong things. And so I'll give you a couple examples. When you're just starting your business and you know, I, I've done it, most of us have, what do we focus on? We're like, well, I need a name. I need a logo. I need a website. I need business cards. And so the problem is you're focusing on all these things that don't directly solve the first problem. And your first problem is you need to make that first sale. So in order to make that first sale, what do you need? Well, you need a customer who has a problem. You need a solution that will solve that problem. And you need the messaging and sales process to connect those two things. So that person will give you money for the solution. So anything that isn't directly related to solving that is something you shouldn't focus on, you know, and like later in business, uh, a big challenge that a lot of people have is if they're doing the business themselves and now they, they can't grow anymore because they're the bottleneck. Well, now they need to start maybe delegating or hiring, but they're focused on doing everything from email to social media to whatever else. And their zone of genius might be 
actually designing or creating the product, or it might be actually uh, doing sales calls. But anything that isn't in their zone of genius is taking them away. And so a lot of people get stuck because they're afraid or don't know how to delegate. And therefore, they, if you look at their day, only a small portion is actually spent on the things that they're the best at and make them the most money. And a lot of the day gets pulled away into other things that are really just distractions. Yeah, absolutely. But what do you say to them when they say, I understand, Tom, you know, this makes perfect sense to me, but I'm, I'm only making $500 a month. You know, how can I actually get somebody to do my sales calls for me? I hate making sales calls, but I can't afford it. Yep. So I, I'm a little bit of a, you know, people always tell me I don't sugarcoat things. And for somebody in that situation, I would say, look, uh, I understand where you're at. And to be honest, you shouldn't delegate that right now. One of the things you should be doing as the entrepreneur and business owner is learning this process and making it work. So let's dive in. Why are we only making 500 if let's say we want to make 5,000? What's working to get us that 500? And what are we not doing and what's not working? Right? Because we want to keep digging down and understanding, you know, is it we don't have enough sales calls booked? Right? Is it that we don't have a process down for the sales call? Is it that we're not clear on what we're actually selling or maybe we're not doing a good job of articulating the value? Uh, you know, a lot of times what I'll do with somebody is we'll actually record a sales call and then we'll go back and listen to it. It's just like um, athletes reviewing game tape, right? We're able to look and say, oh, you know, if you would have done this, you could have, you know, accomplished that goal. And so we'll do the same thing with sales calls. And I'll tell you both going through it and helping other people through it. It is tough, right? Like listening to ourselves, especially when we're not good at something, it's tough. But what it allows us to do is to figure out where the opportunities are. And especially with something like sales, the more you do it, and the more you practice, the better you're going to get. Yeah, that's, it's just, I know that, and for some people, it's because they hate doing one thing so much, they sabotage themselves, maybe not even realizing they're doing it, but they stay away from doing the sales calls because they can't stand doing it. And there's got to be a way to actually convince them that they have to do those things. But when you talk to them about it, they want the process. They want the strategies. They want somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you know what, like um, a, a big thing that we always focus on with people is understanding their mission and their drive, their why. And we always want to focus that on the customer and on the group of people that they're creating products or services for. And the reason for this is when, if you're just focused on the product and you don't really care about your customers, you're not going to be able to, to do sales calls with them because you can't relate and it doesn't really matter to you. But if you truly understand your customers, so for example, in our coaching business, our customers are us 10 years ago. They're people that are trying to build their business, make extra income to support their family. And so we truly care about that customer base because it was us and we know the challenges. So even back when I wasn't great at sales, what I did was I just cared about that person. So if I was talking to you, my goal wasn't to sell you our program. 
if it worked out and we could help you, great. But my goal was to help you get clarity on where you're at, where you want to go and what's in the way. And if our program or if us working with you can help you solve that, great. We'd love to have you as a customer. But even if it doesn't, my entire goal is I want you to be improved and achieve your goals. And so when you go into sales with that mindset, it's less about being nervous or being slimy or salesy. And it's more about how can I legitimately leave this person better than when we started talking. And, you know, people are often surprised. We'll refer somebody to somebody else that we know because they're a better fit, you know, or we'll tell somebody, hey, look, this isn't the best fit for you right now. We'd recommend this thing. So it really comes down to truly caring about your customers and focusing everything you can on helping them. And if you do that, sales will come in. But the people that just focus on selling or just focus on like the hard closing tactics, of, of course, you're not going to do as well. Yeah. I was involved in a big conversation on Facebook a few weeks ago that, that I think is really interesting. And you're touching on that a little bit at this point. It was somebody had asked a question in one of my groups. What is, what is your why? And then they went on to base it on um, Simon Sinek's book, you know, start with why. Yep. And, and all of the people were answering, well, I'm doing this because I want to buy a new house. I'm doing this because I want, you know, to have pretty new clothes and get a manicure every week. And, and I jumped in and I went, wait a minute, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that you have to be able to relate to your customer what is their why and and how do you react and interact with them based on their why and man you cannot believe the amount of of argument i got from that statement mm -hmm. i mean you know people are very passionate especially when they have a view and um the, the way we look at this is you know, people are always talking about like work-life balance and it's a big struggle, especially for entrepreneurs. And we always talk about work-life integration. You want to make sure that those two things are supporting each other. So when we start working with somebody, we first have them go through this two-page, what we call life planner. And it helps them get clear on their personal why, right? Like for most people, their personal why is like, I want to provide for my family or I want to buy that house, whatever that is. And then once they have that mapped out, then we shift them over to business and we say, you want to achieve this in your life. So let's design the right business that will help you achieve that and support that. So to your point, when we get to the business, the why isn't focused on you, it's focused on your customers. And the way we've been able to avoid people thinking one or the other is we let them have their personal why. And we make sure that the business supports the personal why, but then the whole focus of the business is on serving those customers. Are you a small business owner wondering about your next step for growth and success? What if you had your own dynamic group of professional peers, a group that supports your business with fresh new ideas, beneficial training, accountability, and more? 
Mega, the monthly Entrepreneur Growth Academy, is a professional peer advisory group dedicated to supporting fellow business owners. Learn about processes and strategies that will get you more time and money. When I first joined the Mega Group, I was struggling in a business that wasn't right for me. Now, I own a local business where I live out my passion every day. Last year, the revenue of my business tripled and we are on track to hit even bigger goals this year. The accountability and feedback of the Mega Group have been invaluable. The Mega Group can help you focus on the right things and start building momentum. Join the Mega Group today at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Radio and podcast shows are the fastest growing media of the decade. The better the sound, the better the impact you will have with your listeners. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a producer editor for radio and podcasts. If you have your own podcast, I can help with editing, improved audio quality, your own theme music, and intros and outros. Would you like a commercial for your small business? Connect with me for a sound approach to your podcasts and commercials. My email is scott at worldwithinreach.com. Scott at worldwithinreach.com. Let's rejoin our host of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, Nancy Becker. Every client I start working with, I call it the five-year roadmap. And I have them actually sit back and create a five-year plan for where they want to be in in five years. And it's amazing how that works because I did it myself to try to see what I wanted from life. And up until a couple of years ago, I had a quite a successful business magazine that was in bookstores around the country and different places like that. But it was getting to be really hard. And so when I did this whole five-year plan, I did it from a level of almost unconsciousness. I wanted to really get to what was inside, not just what I thought I should do. And when I went back and read it afterwards, there was not one word about that magazine in there. And Mm -hmm. I went, well, that tells me something right there. (laughs) I'm not doing the magazine anymore. And so I got rid of that. On the one hand, that made me feel so much, it it made me sad because I'd been doing it for 11 years and, you know, but, but it made me feel really good too, because that was a pressure that wasn't on me any longer and that I could focus on doing things that I wanted to do for my business, you know, and, and then I was also able to turning to the business, I was able to figure out how I want people to be able to get to those things for themselves. Absolutely. Well, and and, you know, I I love the fact that you went through that activity because my wife and I, Ariana, we actually kind of stumbled upon that and it came from really a a negative situation. Uh, Early on, I had set a goal to retire by 35 and I kept trying to make it work. And every time I would try something, she would say no. And so about nine months before we got married, we were about $200,000 in debt. I ended up spending $7,500 on a credit card, actually two credit cards, um, for this real estate investment training because I was just so desperate to make it work. And um, I did all of this without telling her. And so you can imagine how that conversation went when I did. Yep. <laughs> um, 
But what it forced us to do is just have a lot of conversations. And she asked one really important question there. She said, you know, why would you do this? She's like, we're in debt. We're getting married. Why? And it was the first time that I realized that I kept telling her what I wanted to do, start a business, invest in real estate, yada, yada. And I never explained why. And when I did, then she also said, you know, actually, that's very close to what I want to do. And so then we got onto this you know, focus of, okay, well, let's set our goals. Just like you said, let's build that roadmap. And that really became the foundation of our planning. And we didn't realize how impactful that was. Like it was obviously helping us. And when other people started asking us how we were able to do what we did and we showed them the process, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so we started using that with our clients. And then actually um, we have a book coming out this year. The whole first section of the book is all about that. And it's funny because people come to us for business help. And when they see that the whole first section of the book or the whole first thing we take them through is about their life, they get really confused. But what they don't realize is that we've got to understand that. We've got to have that roadmap so we can make the right business decisions. Absolutely. So true. So true. And, and you know, for me, I think my business is really all about educating other people on how to grow their business, you know, and I figure if I educate you on how to grow your business, then my business is going to grow as well. And, and everything is good, but people don't, education's not sexy. <laughs> you know, people mm -hmm. don't like the word education. They, they, they want, and, and this is a, this is a conflict for me because all they care about is making money. In, you know, truly, it's they want their business to be successful. They want money. They want whatever it is. But when, and I think we're going back to the processes now and the strategies, because when you tell them that even as a business just starting out, you have to know what you want to do and where you want to go. If you're just throwing things, I, I'm an archer. I, I love and I've I've been an archer since I was in high school, and I, I use the um, the picture of standing there and shooting my bow and arrow backwards. You know, where's that arrow going to land on that target? Is it going to be in the middle of somebody else's target? Is it going to go way over the top? You know, where does that arrow land? Um, and if you do a whole lot of them, they're going to be all over the place. Unless you're really good. And I was never that good. <laughs> <laughs> but if I turn around and I focus on that bullseye and I pull the, the string back and I shoot the arrow, nine out of 10, I'm going to get in the center ring. You have to understand those things, even from a startup. You can't be throwing the, the arrows backwards. You have to kind of have that roadmap in which to go. So you're talking about not creating the processes and strategies until you're farther down. How does, what changes, what things does an entrepreneur have to do as they want to grow? How do they start out? What are the things that they do to start out? And how do they actually build, you know, with those processes and strategies as they grow their company? 
Absolutely. So uh, a couple of great things there. And I just want to go back to your one point about education. So a lot of people, they, they don't want to be educated. Um, and I was a prime example. I did everything I could growing up to avoid reading. And now fast forward, I've read thousands of books. And the big thing that changed for me was that I, I had a purpose and a why behind I was reading. When I was in school, I never understood it. I'm like, what is this going to help me with, right? And, and I was like, I, I understood things and I did well, but it was just boring. And it wasn't until I had a purpose, which was building these businesses initially for my family, but then to ultimately build a legacy and help other people that I really got driven. And it, I, didn't, I didn't have to be motivated anymore because I was internally motivated. But so if we go back to the growth of a business owner, uh, you know, our, our avatar is Sam and we, we always use Sam through the different phases. There's kind of three main phases we always tell people. The first phase is really your incubation period. And every phase has a problem you're trying to solve and a desired outcome. So your first problem you want to solve is you need to make sales. You need to validate your business idea. And so by doing that, what you're doing is figuring out who are you serving and what are their pains? What is their desired outcome? And then what is a product or service that you can use to bridge the gap? So early on, that's your core focus. And you kind of left this phase or transition out when you get your first set of sales. Because that means that you've taken those different puzzle pieces, put them together, and somebody's paid you money. So once you've initially validated it, now another problem comes up and this problem is you've made some money. Let's say you maybe had a launch or you got your first couple of clients and maybe you made $10,000, but now you don't have a way to repeat that. So you go into these like feast and famine modes where you got good sales and then you got nothing. So now the problem is you want consistent sales and you want adequate sales to cover you. And so the desired outcome is to have a business or a system that's set up like that. So now what you're going to do is really focus on building out your marketing and sales processes. And initially these will be manual. You know, if your sales process is going to be um, outbound prospecting, reaching out to people and then getting them on a call or doing a sales conversation, that's going to be manual for a while until you figure out the process that works. That's the number one thing. You want to make sure the process works before you go about documenting it or automating it or improving it. So once you've got a, a process that works, now you want to say, how do I make this more efficient? And this is where we can then leverage automation for the steps that you don't need to do or that a computer can do so that you're focusing on the most valuable things right? Then now that you've kind of built um, this and you're consistently finding new ideal clients, nurturing them through their journey, and then having them become customers and delivering on them. So now you've solved that problem and you've got a business that now makes good sales. But the problem you run into next is that you're running out of time. You literally can't grow the business because you're the bottleneck for everything. And so now you really get into like the scaling phase. And this is where your desired outcome is you want a business that runs day to day without you and you're able to just oversee, do the strategy, work on the business, not in it. And so in order to do this, this is where you've really got to start focusing on what are the key processes, you know, and then start peeling things off of your plate. And you're going to initially peel those off your plate by eliminating things. You want to get rid of as much as you can without affecting the end result. This is taking that complexity that's built up and reducing it, simplifying it.
Then you want to get to the point where you're automating what you can. Automation is usually a lot cheaper than delegating to somebody. Uh, computers can do things consistent and repeatable much faster than most humans. And the humans aren't bored with the stuff a computer can do. So we're eliminating then we're automating with the processes and then ultimately we're delegating. And this is where we're hiring people in to take the things that we don't enjoy doing and are the least valuable things that are distracting us from our zone of genius and we're delegating and getting those off our plate. And so by consistently doing this, we're able to remove ourselves from the day-to-day -day of the business and now just really focus on running the business, doing the strategy and sitting in the spots where we would like to makes a lot of sense to me and i know a lot of our listeners are taking notes on all of this i'm sure what haven't we covered we've covered a lot what haven't we covered you know what i've found to be the most critical part of success for this whole thing is one what we did cover which is the strategy and the clarity you know that's that's a foundational piece but what most people don't do is they don't commit to the process and to the small consistent things. So, you know, in order to achieve success, um, I'm a huge fan of habits and routines. And so, you know, I have a, a morning routine for life. I have a morning routine where I transition into business. Um, and then I do the same thing at night. I have an evening routine where I transition out of business and back into life and an evening routine for what I do before I go to bed. And so it really comes down to if you want to achieve your goals and success, designing and being intentional with where you're spending your resources every single day. And when I see people that are successful and I look at where they want to go and the actions they take every day, they're very much aligned. When I see people that aren't successful or struggling, when I look at those two things, the actions they're taking daily aren't driving them to the end result. And so if you want to be successful, make sure that you're intentional and in aligning your daily actions to the outcome you want to achieve. That's a good thing to know. And, and something that I keep thinking about and going, you know, I have pretty much of a daily habit, but it's not based on intention. It's just the things that I do. So that, may, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to have to put that into action myself. So thank you for that. Um, Tom, if somebody really is interested in, in what you've been saying today and they say, you know, I really need to work with him, how do they get in touch with you? What are the kinds of things that you offer? And tell us about your business real quick. Absolutely. So um, you can find everything that we have going on at TomAndAriana.com. And um, essentially, our business has a couple different pieces. We work with entrepreneurs at each stage of business. So those stages that I just ran you through, uh, we've got a program for the incubator for the new entrepreneur that's validating their idea, trying to make the first set of sales. Uh, we've got an accelerator program that really helps them build up their marketing and sales, build those out consistently. And then we have a scaling program, which really helps you grow as the leader of your business and put the systems, teams, everything in place so that you can remove yourself. Um, outside of that, especially for um, people that are just getting started or really aren't ready to commit yet, we have our book coming out this year, which is called Lifestyle Builders. And so with the book, what we really wanted to do was to take all the systems and all the roadmaps that, that we use with our clients and really make it a lot more accessible. So the book walks through, you know, how do you get clear on what you want out of life? Uh, getting your personal finances in order because we find whatever habits you have in your personal life, they carry into your business. And we want to make sure that you're spending your time and your money efficiently. Uh, 
Then it walks through validating your business idea. It goes a little bit into setting up systems and how to kind of structure your business. And then the big thing with the book is it, it then walks through how do you transition from an employee to an entrepreneur? Because the daily routines, the mindset, the challenges that a lot of people don't realize that come up with that. Um, so the book is a great resource to kind of get an introduction to what we teach, our approach to business and life. And, um, you know, and then we also have a podcast as well, which is Ariana and I chatting every week on different life topics, business topics. We sometimes bring on guests and, um, really just everything we can do to share. Here's how us and other people have achieved success and helping uh, people to do the same thing. The book sounds great. When's it going to be out? Uh, so it's out October 29th. Okay. Well, you but it's up, it's up, uh, it's up and available for pre-order right now too. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause you can see the books behind me. I think that sounds like something that I need to have on my, in my library. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, if people are interested in the book, they can go to lifestylebuildersbook.com, get all the information and then you can figure out um, where you can pre-order it at. Okay. Any last thoughts? Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this has been a great conversation. I love how we started with systems and processes and then really just came full circle with all the other things that you need to have in place as well. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for taking part in this. I've really enjoyed and I've learned a lot and listeners, I hope you have too. If you enjoyed this conversation today, there's lots more out there with also wonderful guest speakers who have things to share to help you grow your business. It can be heard on don'twaittillpigsfly.com and we have a new episode up every Thursday evening at five o'clock in the evening at the um, Eastern Standard Time. Until next week, guys, do lots of things to make you happy and sustain your business and soar higher. Y'all take care till next time, and we'll talk then. Bye-bye, everybody. That's our show for today. We'd like to extend special thanks to our great guest, our sponsors, and our wonderful listeners. Today's show was produced by Scott Card. To find more of Nancy's podcasts and our sponsors, go to don'twaittillpigsfly.com.